definitions, courtesy Oxford, Google, and my brain. Critical, right? Two advents. First one's in the past tense, future one, present tense. Largely, we're going to find the past tense ones today. Context key, right? Because the first time that we hear about hope in the Bible, the hope of the first advent, okay, it's in Isaiah chapter 7. It's 700 years. They waited 700 years for the birth of a baby. That is a long gestation. Peace, the activity of God in our lives. Distinctive, right? Emmanuel, distinctive of the Christian faith. God wants to be with us. We're all in this liminal stage, right? In between what has happened and what will be, and we exist, right? And many times there's subsets of this, right? Right? Can I get an amen from the congregation? Now, just go back one, Julie, if you would, for a second. If, if your next level, okay, if your next level when it comes to the whole idea of jazz, you might be next level if you've named your kids after Mr. Davis, who Mr. Hancock started with, and Mr. Parker. All right. Talked about this one last week, right? The total commitment to the betterment of another. We've talked before about how important joy, the sense of happiness, the sense of delight, the sense of this festive, this pervasive sense of joy that we want to embody at Timberwood Church, this idea of seeing a good thing getting done or seeing a good thing happen, right? Being jazzed. Cantaloupe Island, okay? Do you know the song? If you don't know the song, you actually do know the song. You don't know that you know the song, but you know the song. So say that there was a... Uh, wait. It's like you want to hum along to it, right? Okay, now say that you had a child in your family who was really into jazz, which I do, and, and they wanted to hear Herbie, Herbie Hancock live. He's 83 years old, right? They might request presents for 424 tickets, two of them to the State Theater. Some might say, am I ruining my child's Christmas present? He's not listening, don't worry. He probably won't be awake for another three, four hours. First recorded on the album in 1964, Empyrean Isles, the musicians from the original recording were Hancock on the piano, Freddie Hubbard on the cornet, Ron Carter on the bass, and Tony Williams on the drum kit. There was a 76 recording, and it's been done. The great thing about jazz standards, okay, and this is one of the distinctives, the cool things about jazz music, is that they applaud in the middle of the song, right? And so, like, a song like this that might, in its original composition, be only four or five minutes long, like, like when they do it live, it's like 11 or 12 minutes long, okay? And you're sitting there, and you're, like, start out, and might start off with a cornet solo, you know, and so they play, right? And then at the end of the cornet solo, well, we're transitioning, okay, that lim period of liminality, transitioning to the next person, right? There's this round of applause, right? Because the audience is so enthralled with what is happening on stage. Positively full of joy. 
You go to a jazz, a live jazz show, and, and there's this pervasive sense of joy because there's this energy and this excitement behind getting this beautiful thing, making music done. You have audience who aren't even playing, but they are participating. You're drawn into the excitement. You are truly jazzed, waiting for the next thing to happen, applauding the good thing that has just happened. And it's where we find ourselves today in Luke chapter 2, verses 10. The big joy, the small joy, and then the question, right? The big joy is that God has this promise that God will get a good thing done. Good news of great joy for all people. The potential that God will get a good thing done. The promise and the potential tied up in our Advent words over the last four weeks, right? And candles and readings and prayers. But that summary is later for today. Right now, the promise, the promise is he the baby. It's in front of us. Page 857, Luke chapter 2, verse 10. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. It's one of those things that invites a round of applause. And like a good jazz solo, while this particular solo is over, i.e. Jesus was born, He's not going to be born again. The tune continues, right? It's almost like we could say, and the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. At the end of the solo, we go, yes, that happened. That is amazing. That is so spectacular. But the tune continues. It's not a point in time in the past. The tune is the song of salvation, and it's a jazz standard that continues to move forward. That, that Once this big joy reality has started, it doesn't end. And it continually invites, it continually draws, it continually desires more people to participate in this thing. And whether or not you will ever enjoy jazz, that matters less than the reality of God's salvation once started continues. It's this live, it's this living, breathing thing. It's the big joy, the big thing that is God is getting done, the thing that we can stand back and applaud, but also participate in. It's a thing that is designed that, that, that it's like kind of, like an open jazz session where you bring your instrument, whatever it might be, and we play in the key of S. And you may not be musical, and that's fine. But the participation that we all can experience because of what Jesus Christ did, what God did through the life and death and resurrection of Christ and the invitation of that moving forward into time, it's an invitation for all of us. That's the big joy, okay? It's, it's one of those things at Timberwood Church we would say is absolutely essential. So remember when we talk about in the essentials unity, in the non-essentials liberty, but in all things charity? The big joy, the, the work of salvation, the key of S, 
that's the biggest, highest reality. Okay, that, that's the plane in which God wants everyone's eyes listed to, lifted to. But there's also, I think, small joy. And this covers all matter of things for me. This is the joy of seeing God at work on a daily basis. It, 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 is, it is seeing the potential of any situation, any situation that we experience, God being at work. Some might argue, well, God is always at work. And yes, I, I completely agree. But if you're like me, there, there's sometimes where it's really hard to see God at work. Sometimes we're unable or we're unwilling to see God at work. Sometimes, okay, when, when things don't fit the way they, we think they should fit. Well, let me make it personal. Sometimes when things don't fit the way that I think that they should fit, I tie myself in fits trying to make sense of it. And I only slowly, and sometimes it's so hard to get to this point, I only slowly get to the point of wondering how God will show up in this. To further complicate, sometimes it seems to me like God doesn't show up. Sometimes it seems like God left something on the table. Sometimes I want to say, hey, God, wait, wait, wait a second. Why didn't you do the very thing that I thought would be really cool for you to do in this situation? Sometimes, if I could only answer that question. And sometimes I can't. But let's be certain about one thing. God is never afraid when I ask the question, why? There's another thing that we can make certain. That we allow our hearts to be inclined just enough to the unforced rhymes of this jazz melody so that when God shows up, we are prepared. Sometimes it's a case of, you think the melody is going to move in this direction, and all of a sudden, it moves in a different direction. You're like, whoa, I didn't see that twist. I guess I have to learn something new. Even in disappointment, especially in disappointment, in frustration, equally so in times of ease, when things are good, it's so easy to remember. It's so easy to forget to remember. In any of these experiences, the, the, the small joy is discovered when we're able to step back and say, okay, what is, what is happening here? And frequently for me, it's a case of trying to understand what is God teaching me in the moment? What lessons can I learn from the experiences that I am having? Is my heart warm to the work that God will do? Is my heart warm to the people that God loves as much as he loves me? And I'm not trying to say we simply talk our way out of a difficult situation. 
No, there's some situations where you, you literally just sit down and you weep because it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And you cry out to a holy God and you're like, this doesn't make sense. Help. But even in that, God is at work. And there is small joy to be discovered, not in a sense of being happy about a bad situation, but about having a sense of energy and excitement that God will take even a bad situation and redeem it. What is God trying to teach you in the hard that you are experiencing right now? What lessons can you learn? What lessons can we learn from the experiences that we are having? And the last part of this is key, right? Are our hearts warm to the work that God will do? Are our hearts warm or cold, right? Because our hearts turn cold so easy, especially when we encounter a person that jams us up. If you can think of the person who jams you up more than any other human being in the world, and then put them in the same category as you, because God loves you equally. It almost seems wrong, doesn't it? Come on, God. You should love me more. No. No. And the reason why is because of the big joy key of S. He wants all people to come to know him and his son and his spirit. What 56 years have taught me is that it's important for me. The question I have for you as we begin our Christmas Eve together is, is it important for you? Some of you probably say, well, of course it's important for you. I mean, you get paid to say this, right? And, and that's fair, okay? I do, I do earn a living based on what I do for a living. But say that I was in a different life, okay? Um, in a different world, in a different time, in a different place. And say that I was a bacon salesman. Do you like bacon? I do, I do too. <laughs> I love bacon, okay? But, but say I'm a bacon salesman, all right? And, and, and I work for, for a small family firm, maybe in Little Falls, Minnesota, or maybe a large family firm in, in say, do you enjoy course. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Or, or say a large family firm in Austin, Minnesota, um, Hormel, okay, which it's Hormel if you're from Austin. If you're not from Austin, then it's Hormel. And so just because you have given me a nice shirt, would you like a piece of bacon? It's like you want to kick it. Oh, you're very welcome. Okay, so say that I'm a bacon salesman, right? Okay, and, and, and I go around and I tell people, I'm like, you should buy and eat more bacon. Exactly. And, and you would say, well, John, you're only, you're only selling bacon. And that's the reason why you're so passionate about bacon. And I would say to you, no. I would say part of that is true. I do get paid to sell bacon. It affords me the ability to live in a warm house that has a roof that keeps the rain out, even in the middle of winter. It's It's beautiful. Bacon affords me many things. 
every Saturday morning like clockwork. Bacon is in the oven, 385 degrees. Once it gets nice and crispy, it comes out and then it companies, okay, like, like waffles or French toast or like a frittata or, or just, you know, like scrambled eggs like the queen liked them, okay? You know the queen's eggs, right? Okay, you take, you take scrambled eggs. Okay, so you take eggs, you beat them. Then you add whole milk, okay? Then you beat that in a little bit, okay? And then you add a little bit of lemon peel, okay? And then you add a little bit of nutmeg, okay? That's the queen's eggs. That's how Queen Elizabeth, God rest her soul, um, that's how she liked her eggs, okay? The queen's eggs, side of bacon. Sometimes more bacon is consumed than eggs are consumed. The point of this Bacon is magical. (laughs) In fact, I could go a lot further. Most salted pork products, especially those finding their origins in the heritage breeds of northern Spain, the the Iberico pig, or Italy, specifically Tuscany, Toscano, the Sintasanese, are are worth the expense. I mean, and they're crazy expensive. You find a full-blooded, you find meat from a full-blooded Iberico hog, it's like crazy, crazy, crazy expensive. It's like Wagyu beef. They're worth the expense. Find them, purchase them, consume them thoughtfully. So yeah, bacon is important to me. Is it important for you? Well, that can be complicated, right? How much do you eat? Do you have a heart condition where you shouldn't have that much fat? I, all the things, right? But certainly in moderation, go for it. Trust me, I'm a doctor. But you saw this illustration coming yesterday, didn't you? And yet you still showed up today. The big joy of God's salvation, the small joy that God makes available as he's active in our world. It's super important for me. It's super important for me. Will it be important for you? That's only a question you can answer. I, I, I can't answer it for you. Just like I can't make you buy bacon. Joy is the energy and excitement behind getting a good thing done or seeing a good thing happen. For those who participate in this amazing jazz session, there's this pervasive sense of joy. There is this delight of of knowing, of knowing, and still waiting and wanting for the next to happen. Please pray with me. We have some time this morning. Maybe you're here for the first time. Maybe you've been here before. I'm really glad you're here.
And maybe you're at a really hard point in your life right now. Where it's tough to see any sort of small joy. That it's virtually impossible to see what can come out of this. And I just ask you, please, allow your heart to be inclined just enough to the unforth rhythms and rhymes of this jazz melody. Because God will show up, I promise you that. Likewise, maybe you've never taken that big first step. Maybe you've never experienced that big joy of, of unwrapping the little baby. The good news for all people because a Savior is born. And maybe the best thing that you could do this morning is unwrap that present and say, God, I want the salvation that is discovered in your son, Jesus. And I tell you, if you pray that to yourself, you've started something significant. You've started something extraordinary. But let me also tell you that God has brought you to this point and has been at work in your life to get you here. And the big joy that you're experiencing now is because we have this intentional God who comes near to us each and every day. Father, thank you for this time. It is a profound honor to celebrate the birth of Jesus. Comfort us in our need, O great God. Let us celebrate well with family and friends. Thank you. Thank you for this beautiful thing that you have given to us so that we may have joy. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.